Welcome to Living With, a podcast about the stories and people behind Health Union. Health Union integrates the power of human connection and technology, uniting people in the shared experiences of life with chronic health conditions. I'm Emily Downward. Alzheimer's disease is a progressive and irreversible brain disease that slowly erases a person's memory and cognition. In the U.S., it's estimated that 5.8 million people are living with Alzheimer's disease. Family members are often called on to provide assistance and emotional support. And in this episode of Living With, you'll hear my conversation with Pam Farina. Pam is a contributor and moderator at alzheimersdisease.net, and she shares her experience of caregiving for her mom, how and when they hired additional help, and how she now keeps her mom's memory alive by helping others. When did you first suspect that something was different with your mom? What symptoms was she having? She started um, having trouble remembering things. And, you know, you tell her something and then she'd ask you about it again, like later that day or maybe the next day. And, and then she was having trouble walking. Also, she was starting to kind of limp on one of her sides. She was limping. We weren't, you know, we weren't sure, you know, what what was going on with that, and you know, because she'd always been such a healthy, you know, person. She used to walk every day. She um, so that limp was. We were like, gee, did she pull something? But it was it was continuing, mm-hmm. and she was. We kind of started noticing she was buying a lot of things and keeping them like around the house, like a lot of extra things. She kept buying like the same things over and over again. So many things like in her closet and like in her purse, she was, she would have, um, she'd go to the bank to take out money to use, like say for the week she used to, you know, she would take out a certain amount of money every week and put it in a Webster bank envelope. And then, you know, I then all of a sudden I was like, gee, mom, you have like about, you know, five, six envelopes. And she so she'd have you know the same amount of money in these envelopes, and then she you know she just seemed to be getting kind of kind of confused about certain things, like really both I guess remembering and and then she was driving and she came home one day and there was like a dent in the car. Oh no! Yeah, my dad. It was like a little dent. My dad's like, oh, did you, did you hit something? You know, where the, maybe someone, you know, well, he didn't know if someone hit, you know, hit the car that was in the parking lot or if she hit something. We weren't really sure, but then she was very kind of confused about that. Then she said, Well, I think I might have hit the, a tele, like a, the light in the parking lot. Wow. So that was, that was a little concerning. So my father, was, you know, we were just weren't sure what was happening with her. And, you know, we would take her to the doctors and explain some of the symptoms. And he was like, well, you know, she's getting older and she's just forgetting. And, you know, would take blood tests and do different things and try to, you know, because you know, he weren't really suspecting Alzheimer's first. He was kind of wondering, more concerned about why she was limping. And, um, you know, so we went to a doctor for that and they recommended like therapy, like physical therapy. They thought maybe just because she was getting a little older and she was diagnosed with osteoporosis. So they were kind of, you know, they would be kind of focusing on that a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But she kept forgetting, you know, more and more. Like I'd tell her, okay, mom, you know, we're going to go out on Tuesday night. We're going to, 
you know, go here. And then she'd go, oh, where are we going? And, you know, you'd go, um, you know, you'd go to her house and she wouldn't be ready, like, to go out, if, you know. Or um, I noticed more and more, like, she would be wearing the same clothes. Like, if I went there, like, two days in a row, mm-hmm. I'd say, oh, hmm. kind of start looking at things like that. And I'm like, um, and she wasn't, didn't seem like she was showering as much. You know, so those were kind of symptoms, I guess, that we, you know, we were seeing. And, my, and she would, um, normally my mother was, like, so sweet. And, you know, I mean, of course, everybody can get, you know, can, like, you know, of course, get angry. But she'd, all of a sudden, she would kind of have a little, you know, get a little angry at my father. And, like, she would, you know, usually would not, like, raise her voice. Mm-hmm. But he would say, well, what are you doing? What are you buying that for? Because, like, she'd buy, um you know, say she, we have like four orange juices in the refrigerator. And my dad would be like, you know, Jewel, what are you doing? Why are you buying so many orange juices? You know, so she would kind of get a little, little, you know, more angry. We would notice, we started noticing. And, um, as, as a matter of fact, I was just talking to my dad, um, like last week kind of about, about mom. And he was saying, boy, I feel so bad. I kind of would get, um, you know, get a little angry sometimes, but I, you know, we didn't know what was going on. He goes, I would get mad at her sometimes mm-hmm. for things she was doing or forgetting, but we didn't know what was going on. So we said, boy, I, I feel bad about that. And I'm like, well, dad, you know, you didn't, you know, we didn't know. Yeah. We, she was diagnosed. We didn't. And also, you know, we had never had Alzheimer's in our family. So we had no experience with it. We didn't, you know, we didn't understand. Yeah. I think that you know, I think that seems to be a lot of people they don't understand until it really happens to you when you you know in your family and you see it. Yeah, and a lot of the symptoms that you're talking about are are ones that I've heard of before with Alzheimer's of like forgetting things, um, and not not doing personal hygiene like you used to. But I'm I'm curious about the limp because I hadn't heard about that before. No, yeah, that was we weren't sure with that so. Um, you know, we went to like a specialist for that with the limp and then they sent her to um, their primary care physician sent us sent her to a neurologist mm-hmm. and like they were doing like um, different things and they really were not sure exactly why her gait was so affected because, you know, so she, you know, had Alzheimer's, but she could have maybe had a different form of dementia also that was affecting that because that, that was a different problem. Yeah. She was limping and then really limping. Then we had to go and like now when we look at pictures, you can see it more. Like we, we didn't you know, you'd see her her legs were kind of turning inward mm-hmm. before we really knew that, but we didn't notice it at, at right away. You know, you didn't didn't really notice it at first. But then as it progressed, so she would um First, it was like, her, you know, she was limping, and then she had to use a cane, really, to get around. Then we went to a walker. And then eventually, um, when she had fallen, um, she fell. There's one little step from my parents' kitchen to their family room, and she fell. She just tripped. She didn't remember it was there. This was still in the beginning stages, but she fell and broke her ankle. Oh. And... Uh, and it was, you know, it was hard to get her, like, back to, like, cause they, you know, she was in a wheelchair for a little while. And I remember, you know, the doctor and the physical therapist and, like, you know, I kept trying to work with her saying, Ma, 
if we can't get you out of this wheelchair now, you're going to be in the wheelchair, you know, and, but well, probably, you know, because well, the Alzheimer's was affecting her. So it was harder for her to do this. She didn't have the motivation yeah. or maybe, the, or maybe just, she just couldn't do it, you know? So I never, you know, I remember like people kind of like the doctor getting frustrated or my dad or, you know, the physical therapist, but as you look back on it, you're like, she just didn't have the capacity probably as to do, to do it as much as she probably would have normally, you know, normally she loved, she was always out walking. She wanted to be out walking, but she was just like, Oh, I'm content. I'm all right. Just, I don't need to walk. You know? Oh, wow. So when was she officially diagnosed with Alzheimer's? You know, it was a, a while, probably I would say like a year and a half or two years before they really figured out that it was Alzheimer's. Wow. So, yeah, because she, you know, like she was able, so like she talked to the doctor and he would ask her, what's the date? What's, you know, what's your name? You know, who are your children? And he'd ask her these questions and she could answer them. And, but, you know, and I was kept telling him, well, you know, she's forgetting a lot, but, you know, he wouldn't see it. Because, you know, you're in there for just a short time. Right. But she was able to tell him the year, you know, who her mother was or, you know, the questions they kind of asked. In the beginning, she was able to do that. But then, you know, he really started to, you know, we kind of started to suspect something was going on more. So your dad was home with your mom. But at what point did you need to step in to also help out with caregiving? Um, let's see. Um, a number of years ago. So she was probably diagnosed for about a year and then I, you know, and I was stepping in more and more to help as, you know, the physical things, especially like that with like toileting, showering, and, you know, I was doing all the meal, you know, meal prep and making sure she was okay and grocery shopping and driving. Like my dad would drive her, you know, some places too. Like it's just in the beginning, he was, he was amazing, my, you know, my dad. He would, you know, drive her to the grocery store, go in with her. And normally he wouldn't go to the grocery store if his life depended on it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but he started, you know, he would drive over after we took her license away, after he decided to take her license away. And, um, as it was harder, I would, I would take her to the grocery store. And my mother um, is, one, is in that generation where every Friday they get their hair done. Yeah. So it didn't matter if it was a blizzard, whatever it was, my mother was getting her hair done on Friday at one o'clock. That was happening. That was it. <laughs> she had to do that. So in the beginning, so my dad would drive her and then she was able to, you know, still walk in and then her hairdresser would get her at the door, you know, bring her to sit and, you know, to sit down and do her hair. Then my dad would pick her up and take her home. And, but then as it got, you know, harder for her, like what I was saying with, with her, you need a cane and then a walker. I started um, getting out of work on a Friday and driving her, you know, because it was harder to get her into the car. So I would take her to the hairdressers and, you know, go in with her, help her get in and get settled and sit with her. And, you know, that, and so, you know, we did that like every Friday for a long, long time. We tried to do it as long as we could, even though, you know, of course she wasn't really going too many places and, and, Stuff like that, but you know, she still was always important to her. It was like a special thing for the two of us to go together like that. Yeah, it's less about the hair at that point, right, and more about the ritual. 
Right. It wasn't about her hair. Because my dad's like, what are you wasting the, you know, wasting that? You know, she doesn't need to get her hair done. But it was important to her. It was always an important thing to her. Cause that was just part of who she was. So we tried to do it. I, we did it really until like the, the last year before she passed away. Mm-hmm. When we just, you know, she just really couldn't, was not able to do that anymore at all. You mentioned taking time off work. And I understand that you were a working single mother of three at this time when you were helping take care of your mom. How did you manage all of that? Yes, that was, yeah, that was definitely challenging. Um, Because, you know, it's just like the days, like Friday, I would take off from work, especially. And kids would be at school still, which was good. So I was able to come and take care of my mom, take care of the hairdressers. And... Um, you know, so we definitely, it was just hard. My kids were, um, you know, they weren't little, you know, they were little. Thank goodness my older daughter was older. So she was able to drive like the other kids as well too, if they had something. But you know, a lot of times um, my three kids would come with me and we'd go to my parents and help take care of my mother. And, you know, I mean, like we had made dinner or we'd bring it to them or we'd maybe make it there. So thank, you know, they were very flexible and understood that grandma was sick and, you know, grandma and papa needed help. So they were, um, you know, very good and would come with me and, you know, try to talk to, you know, talk to my mom or read her a book or try to talk to her mm-hmm. and spend time with her, which was so, you know, which was nice. But, you know, they'd come, we'd go to my parents' house and make them dinner or have dinner with them and the kids would be doing their homework and taking care of my mother, you know, giving her her shower or tucking her into bed. You know, so we really, everyone had to be very flexible. Wow. And thank goodness, you know, and we had, you know, we had a lot of rough days. That's, you know, for sure. Because, you know, it just, it's a lot of things to be happening all at once. You know, having you know, um, um, junior high school kids, high school kids, and one, you know, one going to college. So a lot of different ages. And so, you know, it was, it was definitely challenging. How did you know when it was time to bring in additional help with a professional caregiver? Um, let's see, well, I was saying in the beginning, we were able to leave my mom home, like while my dad went to work in the mornings like that. So my dad would go to work and we thought we felt confident that my mom was okay. You know, she'd have her coffee and she'd read her paper and she used to love to like do the, the word searches or play solitaire, you know, so she'd kind of, you know, she was okay with that for a while. She was okay. And then she'd be home the rest of the day with her. But then as she got a little bit worse, we were not comfortable like leaving her home alone like that. And so my dad and I, we run, a, you know, um, he owns a business and that I work for him, you know, work for him. So, um, we were both like, we'd both be there in the mornings. And um, that's when we really realized that we needed some help in the mornings with her to stay with my mother. So we did a lot of research to find an agency that we could trust and that other people that we knew had used in, in our town. And we um, interviewed, you know, interviewed a few of the caregivers that they had. And so we hired someone to come in the morning. So someone, we had a nice, a really nice woman named Loretta that would stay with my mother from like say seven to 12 while my dad and I were both at work. And uh, my mom you know, was comfortable with her. And, you know, so she would, 
at, you know, at that point, you know, so Loretta would sit there with her at the kitchen table, kind of both just hang out or maybe sit outside and they'd have a cup of coffee and, you know, play cards or just, you know, kind of, you know, just be, you know, be together. So, cause she needed, you know, someone to be with her and then help her. Like if she went to the bathroom, you wouldn't have to help her at that point, but you know, she'd be there if she needed help or got confused coming out of the bathroom where she should go, you know, cause sometimes she'd come out of the bathroom and not be looking for my father or looking for me. So Loretta would say, okay, Jewel, I'm right here. You know, come on, you know, come on, let's go sit in the kitchen. So that was so nice. Loretta was with my mom for a while, about a year. And, um, and then she got, you know, progressively worse. And then she started like kind of needing more, like, more and more help, like say at night and things like that. And I, at first, you know, I was able to do that. I don't live that far from them. I lived about a half an hour away. So, you know, if they had a problem, sometimes my dad would call me like at 11 at night or at midnight or something. And, you know, I would come and paint at my mother and, you know, help her get back into bed or she wouldn't stay. If she couldn't go to bed, I'd, you know, sit with her. But, you know, you can't, it's so hard to be up during the night too and having kids and working. Yeah. And it just, you know, it just became too much for my dad because, you know, he was up at night, you know, of course, too. You know, because she'd get up, she'd get up at two in the morning. Okay, I'm up for the day. And he's like, no, it's the middle of the night. We got to go to bed. Nope. You know, so it just was becoming a lot for, you know, for all of us. So, um, and then she, at that point, she was really um, getting harder to move out of like, um, like with she was with the walker or with the wheelchair, so it was getting harder and harder for like my, you know, for you know my dad couldn't do it at night, and if I was not there at night, it was you know it was harder, and you know so I'd be coming at night like that, so it just kind of was becoming too much. So we decided to hire a live-in caretaker, mm-hmm. and um, you know that was very you know very challenging because you have someone like living in the house you know with then you so you if that's that was a very big adjustment for my father and for me because um you know i was used to you know doing like you know so much you know everything and trying to do it so it was hard kind of to you know have you know have someone else but we definitely knew we needed some more help yeah with her ash. She became like, say, the third stage of Alzheimer's, the later stages of Alzheimer's like that. So that was a challenge. Um, but we, you know, we used, we did use the same agency and, you know, we had done a lot of research with that agency and, you know, they, they, um, like the first caregiver they sent kind of didn't mesh really with my, with my father. It just wasn't quite the right fit. So we they sent, you know, we had another woman that we interviewed named um, Cynthia. And she was a really great fit for, like, our family. So her and my father, we, you know, got along very well. They worked good together. My mom was very comfortable with her. My mom really liked her. You know, they really, you know, she really grew to become, like, part of the family. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so nice. So it was really, she, I mean, she was just amazing, you know, helping take care of my mother. So like, um, you know, like in the middle of the night, uh, you know, if, somebody, if she had, you know, something was going on, Cynthia was right there, 
instead of my dad calling me, you know, he had Cynthia right down, you know, my old bedroom, <laughs> and um, which was, you know, interesting, which was nice. And so then, you know, Cynthia and I would work, you know, together like, to work, you know, to coordinate my mom's care. I was still there, you know, like every day, usually not probably not every day, but I was there a lot still. And um, doing all the shopping and taking her to every appointment. And the hairdresser was still on Friday. <laughs> um, so you were able to keep your mom at home. Yes, we kept her home the whole entire time, yes. Um, my, that was important to my father, really important to my father. And that was like, that was, you know, one of his, you know, main things like, and that was, you know, I'm probably going to cry because this was really hard to, to, to hear. Like my dad was saying, because he was older than other, so he'd say to me, please, you know, still, you know, make sure you're going to, you know, keep mom at home and take care of her. And yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that was important. That was important to him. So you know, first we promised, of course, we'll do that. We'll move in. We'll stay there with her. You know, if something happens to him. But you know, thankfully, nothing did happen to him. Yeah. So um, you know, we did keep her home the whole time. But um, after hospital stays, because you know, unfortunately, when you know as Alzheimer's progresses, they you know sometimes get other you know the other things like she would get a lot of um urinary tract infections and when she would get a urinary tract infection oh my goodness it was you know it was like someone would flip a switch she just you know it was just you know it was just it was so sad because that happens a lot of times when an older person gets urinary tract infection and so she ended up in the hospital with Mm it um you know maybe have to get IV fluids and sometimes you know she would get if she got like um from a hospital stay one time, she got something called C. diff, where mm-hmm. you know it's constant diarrhea. So she got so dehydrated and she had like a small um, stroke from it. Mm-hmm. And so dehydrated. So you know different things would start kind of start happening the last couple of years. And um, you know so if she was at the hospital, then after a hospital stay when she. You know, they didn't, they wanted her to go to a nursing home afterwards to like, recover. So she would do that. So we had a nice, um, you know, again, we were very lucky. There was a nursing home that was right near my parents' house, and they were so nice to her, you know, in there. Um, so we'd go, you know, we'd, we'd go every day. My dad was always went every day to sit with her. And we'd go and visit and try to sit with her and have, you know, dinner with her, try to feed her. You know, keep her company, and um, in the beginning, like when she was more coherent and was able to talk more, she would say it was her home away from home. She'd call it. <laughs> That's a nice way to think of it. Yeah, and they were, you know, they were very nice to her. The people there were very nice to her. So, um, and what she one time after a particularly bad UTI, um, it was really a scary you know we didn't know how, how she was going to do just you know if she was going to make it it was a really bad she had a really bad she was very sick and um actually she went to the nursing home after that and you know my number my daughter had walked in to see her and she's like oh my gosh she you know she just was not doing well and um was not able to speak to nicole she didn't speak to nicole and and she was like, she came out of the, oh, my God. She's, you know, she just doesn't, you know, it's so sad. And she was crying. And then my fiance, Chris, walked in. 
and he had got he had taught her how to use an iPad mm-hmm. before, that, and she was playing a little a little a solitaire card game on the iPad, and um, you know, and she was not playing for a while because she was not feeling well. So when Chris walked into the door, she saw the iPad, and she was able to like she kind of looked at it and said she pointed it and she goes I missed and you know we thought he thought she was going to say him and she goes that <laughs> <laughs> she's pointing to the iPad <laughs> so we're like oh that was you know, that, he was like hey you're missing this iPad not me <laughs> but that was, it was nice you know, that she was able to articulate that because she was you know, the, she was not doing well at that point and um, and like towards the end, like when she, this was maybe like a month or so before she passed away, I was just thinking of this story that um, she really was not very verbal at this point. You know, we, we you know, we were, we were, we'd be talking to her, but she was not really talking as much to us as, as much back, except to say, you know, she get out, love you, mm-hmm. and uh, which was, you know which was, you know, I'm not sure if she knew, I knew, she knew we were her people. I don't think she, I'm not sure if she knew exactly who we were, but she knew we loved her. Yeah. We were her, you know, her, you know, there with her. And um, Chris was going to propose to me. He was surprising. My, this is my fiance, Chris. He was going to propose to me. I didn't know any of this, but um, he wanted to make sure my mother knew because my mother always loved us. You know, because we dated in high school. He was my first boyfriend. Then we got back together after we both got divorced. Mm. So my mother loved Chris. And he wanted her to know that she was going to, you know, before she passed away. So um, he had snuck in. You know, I was down the hall. He had kind of snuck in to tell her. And she said he was staring. You know, she was staring at him. You know, and, you know, he really thought she knew what she he was saying to her. Mm-hmm. He had my daughter, Nicole, the oldest one, go in to her and with her, too, and say, you know, Mom, um, he's going to propose. And uh, I guess she's, you know, got to take care of my family. Oh. That was about a month before she passed away. Wow. So there was there were parts of her that were still there. Yes, it, it definitely seemed that. Like, every once in a while... Um, you know, you'd say, you know, she'd be there. You could definitely, you know, like, um, you know, we play like music that she used to love. Like she loved Elvis Presley and we'd play like different kinds of music for her that she liked. And, uh, and just like, you know, we, the kids would go in and sit with her and talk to her about what was going on. And my dad would always, you know, be sitting with her cause she was, um, at that point at the end, she was, um, you know, we got a hospital bed, and she was in the hospital bed in her, you know, in her a bedroom. Yeah. The was able to get for us, which is so nice. Hospice was also amazing at the end like that. They were just so nice with the, the nurse and the, you know, the counselor. They were just, hospice was like a wonderful thing um, with us, you know, to help, help my dad especially and to help everyone, help my mother. That was amazing. <laughs> What did you learn about yourself by being a caregiver to your mom? I really learned how strong I could be and how 
how much love I had inside my, myself um, and how much love I felt for my family and my mother because um, being a caregiver of some, for someone with Alzheimer's, especially as, as it nears the end stages, is so, it's so heartbreaking because you're looking at your mother, you're seeing your mother every day, but it's, you know, she, the person you knew is not there and, you know, is, you know, is really not there anymore, except occasionally maybe she, you know, uh, but like, you, you know, every day you feel like you're losing your mom every, you know, more and more every day. Mm. And it's so hard, but every day you, you know, you still have to, you know, you wake up, make sure, you know, she takes her shower, you know, I mean, not shower at that point, but at the end is like a, a sponge bath and things like that, but you're taking care of her every, you know, every day trying to be there with her and just let her know that she is loved still and that you're, she's so much a part of your life. And it's just one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I realized that, that how strong that I could be and how much love I had inside me that, I, that allowed me to keep doing this and to help, you know, to help her along the way mm -hmm. as much as I could. And to take care of her and to be there for my father, you know, because this is, you know, she was my mother, but she was, you know, his love of his life he was the, you know sorry no no need to apologize it's so hard for him you know you see um, him holding her hand every day by her bed and just uh, you know heartbreaking it was for him so that allowed me to be even stronger to try to take care of him and her and uh you know just make sure they were okay as much as they so, but so yes, I think that's the most important thing. You um, you have to do certain things as a caretaker, and um, the love you feel lets you do, it lets you be strong and do. That. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm crying. <laughs> it's completely understandable. I it's evident how much your mom meant to you. Yes, that's for sure. Mother was just um. Amazing. It was always for my family. My kids loved her. She was such a great grandmother and great mother and just such a loving person that, you know, all the love that, you know, we were able to give back to her is, just means so much. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm so grateful now that I'm able to, you know, help others with this experience on our, on our alzheimersdisease.net site. I'm, it's you know, it's, it's um, hard because I see, you know, I see other people struggling so much. It's just like if someone's just newly diagnosed or we, depending on what stage their, their loved ones are in. So you're talking to the caregivers. Mm -hmm. It's so, it's so important to be able to like give them, you know, comfort and know that they're not alone. And any advice that I can give them, like that helped with my mother at the certain stages that they're going through. It's so, you know, I feel like my mom is, you know, helping them, you know, through me, you know, we're helping them, you know, I feel like, okay, you know, mom, let's see how we can help, you know, people today. Well, we're so glad that you're a part of our, our community at alzheimersdisease.net. And thank you for sharing your story with me. Thank you so much.
If you or someone you love has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease, you can find information and support at alzheimersdisease.net, where you can also find articles by Pam to read more about her story. For additional health communities, visit health-union.com. Thank you for listening to Living With. I'm Emily Downward.